Heavy Metal Culture Clash with Geoff Thorpe from Vicious Rumors and Thomas Metal Moser from Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Heavy Metal Culture Clash uh, with uh, Jeff Thorpe, mastermind of Wishes Rumors here in the studios in Munich, Germany, and uh, me, my humble self, Thomas Metal Moser. I'm, uh, for all the people in the States or worldwide, nobody knows me actually. So I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm in radio. <laughs> so I do a heavy metal show on Rock Antenna, which is a German radio station based here in Munich. And uh, I've been doing this for, for a couple of years now. The show goes on like the 15th year, I think. Oh, it's, it's Jubilee time, anniversary time, I guess. Congratulations. Or something like this. I don't know. No, I've been told I have a face for radio. <laughs> That's why they hired me. <laughs> you know? That's it. No, I was talking about me. Great minds think alike. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know what you're talking about. You know, we all have uh, the... It's called Profil Neurose in Germany. What it's, like, it's like, you want to be somebody... You're ugly, basically. So you go to, what do you do? You go to radio. I mean, you're a rock star. You're a heavy metal star. You're the riff master of Wishes Rumors. You know, you have nothing well. to be afraid about. Well tell, me, well, tell me something, because when I go into a supermarket, nobody, nobody recognizes, me, recognizes me. When you walk off stage, or when, or when you did in the 80s or 90s, was there ever the groupie thing? How much of it was there? Come on, come oh. on. Be honest. Be honest. How long do we have for this part? <laughs> <laughs> Two we, minutes. We, we got a little. T- we got a little time. No, that's usually all I took. So, uh, no. Uh, you know, we. You know, we. St- I started Vicious Rumors in uh, 1979. So, was there a groupie thing? Yes, there was. But you were barely a teenager then. <laughs> yes, there is. I was 40 actually in 79. Uh, so, wait a minute. That makes me. Oh, okay. Back. That makes you still sexy. Though. Yeah. It's all good. Oh man, you know, <laughs> you know the thing was, I, I'll tell you what. Back then, g- the girls used to co- they they'd come out in like groups of single girls together, like hunters. They were way worse than we were. Believe me. <laughs> okay. The, like you know, people talk about you know guys in bands not treating women well and stuff like that. And I you know I'm sure there's some of that, but yeah. these, these girls were naughty. Okay, <laughs> they meant business and. You either, you know, played along or you got out of their way. Okay. And we chose to play along. <laughs> yeah, of course um, you did. I mean, I would have done the same if I was ever. I mean, uh, popular. It, it, it was a magical time. I mean, uh, when I, when I think about, uh, the explosion of, of, of metal music, like yeah. just in the beginning, just the changes of it, it was just a great time really was. And, uh, Fat bottom girls make the world go round, right? Isn't that, is that what Freddie said? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I never, you know, I never experienced any of that. I, any, I was never a star. I was never a heavy metal star. I was never on stage. I was a fan. Girls don't like you, Thomas. No, I'm sorry. No, I, they don't even. They don't even recognize. Me. They have no idea who I am. That but is so I'm not old. true. That is so not true. No, no. But the thing is, but, the thing is, back then, you know, in the '80s, I, as a teenager, I tried to be first row in, in concerts. I didn't really have to fight with women for that spot because in having metal shows, usually the guys were up front, and then uh, some some women that were not really the the, the handiest of all in uh, and uh, the, the the most beautiful of all, they were maybe standing right next to us, you know. But all the other girls, I don't know, they weren't like when you when you when you went to see Motorhead. Ninety nine point nine percent of the audience was male. Absolutely, and I <laughs> that think- changed. That changed. 
you know, it, 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 until the end, you know, there was at least 40% women who just adored Lemmy and whatever they, he does and, and did, you know. So uh, uh, that, that changed. But back then in the 80s, Man, it was a male world, really. Yeah, Not homosexually, but still, you know, very, very testosterone filled. It was, shit. you know, the only thing that 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 I that I did, uh, you know, like back in the when the eighties was happening, and the girls were like, you know, getting more like. I I just remember like we would go to our, to our shows and we'd be doing shows and like you couldn't outdress the audience, like <laughs> the pe- the people in the audience were wearing like. Spike stuff and like all this crazy. You couldn't, you couldn't keep up with the audience. They, you know, they had that that metal fashion thing going, and uh, and it was just uh, it was just a great time though. Really, like the 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 party of it and uh, the atmosphere, the you know the excitement of it. It was before things got just kind of a little bit more jaded and stuff. You know, I mean, but um, so basically, there's you're not gonna uh, give us any details about your groupie life. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna give you so many details that you're just gonna fast forward to the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but if, funny is that you mentioned heavy metal fashion. When I was 15, I desperately wanted to be as hard and tough looking like Schmier from Destruction, he, like with all that the, the belts and the, the rivets and and everything, you know. And to this day, I will say that Schmier still looks badass. Yeah, you and know the funny what I mean. Thing is, the funny thing is, at the age of 15, I looked like 10. <laughs> like, like you know with, that's good with later that, in a life boyish face and <laughs> then having all this shit on i think i was a laughing stock all through my teenage years <laughs> pretty much with that outfit but Man, still you know i'll tell you what i went to this concert once and i was like and and i had you know i had my leather pants on and my friend um had had given me this this bullet belt that actually had live ammo on it <laughs> Right? Yeah, I had this live ammo bullet belt and I was wearing it. And I got pulled over like the police, right? And, and I was with this girl on, and she was her, she had a white Corvette. I mean, it was crazy. And I was driving her car and a white Corvette. It was a white Corvette. Man, you're living the dream. It was, it was incredible. It was like 86 or something. I'm yeah. driving a white Corvette. You I were mean, 59 by then. I mean, yeah, I was at least 59. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And and I got pulled over and this uh you know and first it was just like this routine stop, right? And all of a sudden this cop just pulls out his gun, man. Get out of the car. Like and I'm like I'm thinking to myself, what is going why is he all of a sudden so why is this cop so enraged, you know? And and like, okay, get out of the car. So where's the weapon that goes with that? And I'm like, I'm like, with what? I, I I'm like with because to With me, no, no. To me, it was just a belt. I was just wearing this belt. I didn't even really think. Okay, I got live bullets on me. You know what I mean? This cop saw me wearing this bullet belt, man. Pull out his gun. Like I'm like, wait a minute, man. It's just heavy metal fashion. <laughs> Did he understand that? No. <laughs> no, the belt had to go off and in the trunk. But uh, it was different times back then, right? Yeah, it was, man. Oh man, I don't know. I went to not. That many shows in the early 80s because uh, I was young, I was living far out of reach. You know, Munich was a world away, although it was only a one and a half hour, you know, train ride, but it was still a universe away. Mm -hmm. So um, I couldn't, I I saw like one show a year. Oh, man. When 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 Christmas came and I said to my parents, I I wish we could go and see a show. So I I had to choose wisely. And, uh, And at the beginning... Uh, my first, I went to see my first concert in 1982, 
which was a Bavarian band, a rock and roll band. It's still there. It's celebrating 40 years anniversary, but nobody knows it outside of Germany, so it doesn't matter. So the first real show I saw must have been Queen 1984, the oh, works man. tour, here in Munich at the Olympic, the Olympic venue. Incredible. And uh, that, was, that was incredible. There wasn't heavy metal. Right. But it still blew your ears off. Oh, absolutely. I, Totally, and uh, it was still, Queen was still a hard rock band there. I mean, although they already did like elevator music, <laughs> but it, it it became worse later on. But but the works was still like you know, it sure. was it, although it was Radio Gaga, it was still Hammer to Fall and everything you had, you know. So it was killer. Oh killer. man, yeah, I remember when I first got that first Queen album, and I was just like that, you know. And you put it on, you heard the that, first first Queen record, yeah, the very first one, right. and like uh, it was like. You know, you really hadn't heard something like that yet. So they they were kind of like, they were one of the few bands. And also, uh, I think in the first podcast, we were talking a little bit how like how Led Zeppelin was one of those yeah. bands that could do all these multiple things. And yeah. Queen was another really oh, special yeah. group like that. Like, yeah. even if you, you know, I love their heavier, keep yourself alive, keep yourself alive. Yeah, yeah, alive. yeah, totally, you know, that, totally. Those real hard songs, but they they also had a way of roping you in yeah. to that to those other styles. They were just so good at it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just yeah. They had they had uh, sheer heart attack oh, later on. Love that song. Killer heavy. Mm-hmm. And what was it? The one that that uh, Metallica covered, Stone Cold Crazy. Stone Cold fucking crazy. It's a yeah. great song. Totally, totally. And you, you wouldn't expect that of Queen when you know Killer Queen and. You know, what have you. And uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously. And then they came in. And back then, in 1984, that was a hard rock show I went to. Sure, yeah. sure. And you, know, you know, for me at that time, I was uh, I was forming Vicious Rumors in the town of Santa Rosa, yeah. which was about an hour north of San Francisco. So All right. it wasn't so bad. And there was still... Um, there was so much going on in the city at that time. You know, we, we were really lucky. We had... Uh, so much to go to and so much to see. So in that regard, we were really lucky, yeah, you know, at that yeah, time. Yeah. And um, and the shows were were incredible. My first concert was um, Chicago, oddly <laughs> enough. And I hate to admit, thank it. you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. we appreciate you being here. And then uh, have I a good used night. I used to play in Vicious Rumors, and now I don't. <laughs> but, but Chicago uh, is a killer band. I mean, whatever they do, but they do it really, really yeah. well. It, it was the first show my parents would let me go to. Yeah. You know, I was really young. <laughs> so, um, but so the Beatles were out of were nowhere to. Oh, reach. No. I would have loved to have seen them. But uh, the, the, my first really hard rock show that I went to uh, was Grand Funk Railroad. And, Man, all and, right. And talk about la- oh, you are you throwing me out? Okay, no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's no. good. I like I like Grand Funk. Yeah, really. no, they, yeah. And, and to me, like I was like, oh wow, that was really you know that was really badass, especially after Chicago. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, but um, you know that was like my first like really loud concert, yeah. and, you know, and I was like, whoa, like I was just to feel the power of it, and yeah. Um, I also saw Sly and the Family Stone in Hawaii. Man. It's um, crazy. And uh, in the heyday there. And and I, I felt like really naive because I was like, wow. And like the it was an arena, about 8,000 people. Yeah. And I had never seen that many black people in Hawaii. <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? It was just like... I, I was just like, wow, wow! I didn't realize that you know there were so many, so many brothers and sisters. Like you there know, were eight thousand black people in you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of going to New Orleans with this black college classic football weekend. 
where it's like eight, one million people and me. Yeah. <laughs> But man, I'll tell you, they put on a concert, the bass guitar at that Sly Stone concert and just the, the heaviness, like yeah. that the, they had this like, like talk about crossover. They, uh, their performances back then had this like, uh, I mean, it, it was, it was funk and it was like this, this, you know, dark funk, but it was a, a, a presentation like a metal concert. Yeah. Um, But anyway, back to back to the super heavy stuff. Um, I, my first metal show, that was uh, easy. Was 1986. I had to wait that long, really. And uh, I went to to the Monsters of Rock Festival here in Germany. Uh, the, right. The, probably the one with the pretty weaker lineup that they had back then, because in '84 they had Van Halen, ACDC, and uh, and Mudley Crew and whatever uh, headlining. 1985. I don't. I don't remember. Really, but in 1986, it was uh, a Scorpions headlining, and uh, Aussie oh. being there. Then uh, um, Michael Schenker, Def Leppard, uh, Bon Jovi, and uh, Doro. So Warlock, wow, was there. And Warlock opened up, and Bon Jovi came out second at 1:30 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, and from that moment on, when I saw this half half hour of Bon Jovi, from that moment on, I never. Criticized Bon Jovi ever again for what they did live. Never. Okay. Because it was spectacular. You know, go out, you, you, you have this, you have a metal show and a hard rock show, but you also have this way of American entertainment, which you're not used to back in, in 1986. Sure. And that was already it. That was already hair metal. That was already the glam. That was, that was a rock star being mm -hmm. there. Although it was the second band, and you knew, oh my God, this is going to be a rock star. He's he's born as a rock star. Sure, you just had that charisma, that personality. Jesus fucking Christ, you know. It's not that I fell in love with him immediately, but uh, you go like, oh my God, I want to be him. So uh, I would be not too shabby, you know. And so, uh, but that was the first, the first heavy metal concert. It's not, it, and it, it's not really heavy metal. I mean, it was hard rock. Sure, and. Uh, You know, after the Scorpions, uh, after after Aussie played, uh, he headlined in 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 England, whereas in and and the Scorpions headlined in Germany on uh, on this festival circuit. And uh, after Aussie, Aussie had the most amazing musicians in there. This guy, what was his Japanese guy called on guitar? Oh, Jake E. Lee. Jake E. Lee. Yeah. He, he did a somersault while he did his guitar solo. I was like, I was like, oh my God, he's so good. And then, and then Randy Castillo, he went, he did a drum solo. He went outside around his drums playing. I was like, oh my fucking God, that's yeah. so good. And Ozzy was just Ozzy. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he was pumped up, full of everything and still funny. Yeah. You know? And he had this blonde hair and this, you know, glam. Right. Oh, right. A uh, big hairstyle. Sure. But then, then you go like, okay, what can the scorpions do? You know, just to blow this away. But they came out and blow everyone away. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was as easy as that. You know. You know, I went to the US Festival in 1982, and oh, um, you did. I Is it called US or US Festival? Uh, because I never really know. Uh, it was always called the US Festival. Ha. <sighs> But you write a U.S., right? Yeah, it was U.S. But um, and I and I believe they called it that because uh, there was a rock day, a pop day, ah, and a metal right. day. Yeah, and and the rock day and the country day tanked, but the heavy metal day had like three hundred thousand people, and uh, and it was it was an incredible lineup. Um, first band on, Quiet Riot. 
Second band, Motley Crue. Yeah. Um, third band, Ozzy Osbourne with Jakey Lee yeah, on yeah. guitar. And I believe, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that was Jakey's first gig in Ozzy. <laughs> All right. In front of such a giant crowd. Then after Ozzy, Judas Priest. <laughs> then you got a little break for me, Triumph, which is still a great band. Yep. Still a great band, but for me, that's when I took a break. They've never been popular in, in Germany. Okay. Only for real, real lovers and diehard fans, but n there weren't that many. They never really, you know, make th made their market here. Right. So, so, and, and, and then after Triumph was Scorpions, and then the headliner at that time was Van Halen. <laughs> Tell and, me something. Yeah. Was it 82 or 83? I guess I think it was 83, this lineup. Okay, I think you're right. You might be right. It might be 83. A friend of mine who lives... Downtown Munich, like Munich, he was there too. Oh, he's just German. He goes like, "Oh, what's there? What the Scorpions? Yeah, you know, I always have to listen to his story. But tell me, tell me about it. Tell me, tell me how the Scorpions blew away Van Halen. Well, there's no doubt about that because <laughs> Van Halen at that time. Yeah, uh, I remember David Bowie headlined the Pop Day. Yeah, and Van Halen headlined the Metal Day. Yeah, and they both had like broken a record or something for like getting paid. They got paid a million yeah. and a half dollars yeah. to play 60 minutes or some damn thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was some, some kind of record, but it was really disappointing because unfortunately the, there was such a, a big concert, so many bands that the show ran rather late. And by the time Van Halen went on stage, <laughs> I mean, there's 40 foot video screens, right? They're, yeah. they're showing close-ups of Eddie's and David Lee Roth's face and yeah. stuff. And they were just, their eyes were, I mean, their faces were bloated. They were so wasted. I mean, <laughs> it was probably the worst time I ever saw Van Halen. And and I was a Van Halen fan, you yeah. know, like I was a fan of Eddie's guitar playing, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was kind of disappointing on the Van Halen part, but Scorpions, man, when they announced Scorpions and all of a sudden the five planes <laughs> flew over the crowd and the Scorpions just came out and they were amazing. But in, but for me that day, Judas Priest stole the show. All right. I thought Judas right. Priest just came out, but I was so into Priest then at the time. But I will say this, yeah. um, As far as just guitar solos and guitar playing, I thought Jakey e. Lee, who I'd never seen before, yeah. he came out in a red leather outfit and just, and he was just on fine. I was like, I was, I knew that Ozzy had a new guitar player and mm. I was like, who's it going to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? He just came out and Ozzy came out in like this four, you know, this one and a half meter uh, tiki torch mask <laughs> and he came out on stage <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, and Jakey e. Lee had this red leather hat and it was just so badass. And, um, yep. You know, back then it was badass. Yeah. It was just bad. Today you go, you go like, how the fuck do you look? Yeah. <laughs> What even, the fuck are you wearing? And Motley Crue was actually really good at that show yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I saw that on YouTube. Yeah. They, they were, they were really good. Um, you know, one kind of funny thing that happened at that is, um, they, it was such a big concert, right? That they had these designated parking lots. Like that you could go and park at. Yeah. And then you'd take a shuttle bus to the festival yeah. site, right? Well, I don't, something happened where at the, the concert ran really late and this and that happened. Well, at the end of the night, all the shuttle, but the buses were gone, right? <laughs> and, and like, you had to walk five miles. Yeah. We had, we had been partying all that. Not only did you have to walk five miles, you had to guess which direction it was. <laughs> like, we, we had no idea where our cars were. So it was like this. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> the organization got better over the years. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the, the, I, I will say this, like, you know, when you, when you go to something like the Wacken festival, yeah. um, 
it's remarkable how incredibly i mean i i could take my hat off to them they have got they the art of putting on a giant festival you go to a giant festival like that with 100,000 people and it's run and organized so well they really learned how to do it unfortunately in america mm. People get together in really large numbers and just forget about all human decency and behavior. Like just, they just can't. They don't know how to treat yeah, each you, other. You know what? You know what? I was. Uh, I went to the Ausfest, not the Usfest, but the Ausfest in nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ninety eight. So Ozzy wasn't headlining. It was Black Sabbath? Oh, cool. The reunion, yeah. and it was in Atlanta. And uh, I went there with my with my girlfriend, my now wife, my my then girlfriend, and I said, "Look, we're here." We have to see this, you know. It's it's such a big cult, you know. We we I've I've read about it from you know when I, when I was living in Germany, and but back then I lived in the states, and uh, and I thought we gotta go there, we gotta go and see this, no matter what. But I was a bit frightened because it was Atlanta, it was the South, you know. There's gonna be a bunch of rednecks partying hard, yeah. And uh, and I thought like I don't know, let's see how wacky this is gonna be. And so I went there, went there early in the morning, you know, it was a one day show. And uh, it's funny we we parked somewhere somewhere in the in the in the in the ghetto, wherever. But not you know where, wherever that was in Atlanta. I don't, I'm not really familiar with the area anymore. And uh, first thing we saw was like a mile long line of headbangers, but just queuing. <laughs> you know, friend, friendly queuing, and there was there was no there was no 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 uh, barriers or anything. Okay, it was just a queue that just ran throughout the whole quarter. The whole neighborhood, yeah, <laughs> which is you know, it's like a grill apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, and I, <laughs> I know, but I was like, "Well, that looks friendly." Yeah, <laughs> and it was friendly. It was in this Amphi Theater in Atlanta. I know, forgot the name. And so we went there, and there was, was a second stage where where uh, Static X was playing, and Fear Factory, I think, was headlining back then. And I was still more into the heavier music, and so like System of a Down opened up the main stage. And I listened. It was with the first record, not with Toxicity uh, already. And uh, I watched them. I was. I, I, I thought. I thought it was boring. Mm. And I, I thought the first record was boring too. Actually, I'm, I'm, I think I shouldn't even say. I'm going to be shot <laughs> from somebody, I guess, if I say it. But it was back back then. It was the, It was like this. So, but somebody had the had had the 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 belief and the view to put them on, which is cool. Because you know, that somebody saw something in them, mm-hmm. and obviously he was right, you know, uh, uh, for all the for all the right reasons. And then, I think what really what really scared me and what really shocked me back at this festival, that was the price of the beer. Oh, you know, compared to a German heavy metal festival, my God, if that was outrageous. It was expensive, right? It was expensive yeah. as hell. Right. I had like what two beers. I paid twenty dollars in 1998. Yeah, it was nine fifty. I was like, now I don't want to buy the whole fucking stand. I want to get a beer. Right. Dear Lord, I mean, today you pay like what twenty bucks for a beer at a festival? It's kind, it's kind of ridiculous. It oh is. man! But you know, I mean, yeah, that that shocked me. And but but still, just just uh, uh, winding this up. By the time Black Sabbath were on, which was a killer show, obviously. Um, you know, the people were so drunk still <laughs> that they built fires everywhere. So the whole amphitheater was lit up, you know, not regular, you know, not regulated. It was just, it was just fire here, fire there. You always see, so the security running with the, the, the fire. What's, what's it called? The fire extinguisher. Oh, the fire, fire extinguisher. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I thought like, yeah, well, after all, it's getting pretty redneck. So uh, <laughs> I, I had my fun, but uh, there was, there was, 
I think the only American festival I went to. Well, you know, and the uh, compared to the European festival scene, yeah. I, I've noticed that just recently, in, in recent years, some uh, promoters have tried to sort of you know imitate that. And and but it's not which makes sense though. There's a lot of money to be made. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But we haven't really had that this kind of rich festival history like you guys have. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, usually what happens in America is like someone will pop up and do one, and then it'll be called something else. It's not like this <laughs> annual thing. Like you guys yeah. have so many great annual festivals yeah, over that's here. That's true. That's true. But I, th- I think you had a big chance with Lollapalooza. Yeah, which. That you was know. one of them. That yeah. was one of them. Yeah. And and in the Bay Area, uh, Bill Graham used to put on a big festival uh, during the summer. Oh, oh, it's a big day out. Or what was it called? Day on the Green. A uh, day on the Green. Right, right. We, we read about this yeah. in Germany because Metallica was playing, and you you saw like like a. Sixty thousand people in there. Oh and yeah, like, crazy. And it, and and they had some incredible lineups, man. And and um, I saw yeah, I saw Metallica there. Uh, Scorpions, Rat, uh, Rat. Yeah, even Rat played that thing, man. Uh, <laughs> y and T even played a day yeah, in the green. Yeah, um, good band. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, Pat Travers. You know, th- this is more. I not getting away from a little bit of the metal thing, but but the, what I was going to mention was one of the day in the greens. Uh, Journey was the headliner, and they and right before Journey was Black Sabbath with Dio on the Heaven and Hell album. Okay. <laughs> And and Black Sabbath came out so powerful, and yeah. Dio walked around the corner when he first came out, and he had this like black cape on with these big red sleeves on the inside, and like his eyes, like I don't know what, I, maybe just like smoked a big joint or something, I don't know, but his eyes were like just like glowing or something, man. I and and he came out and he had this just. The way he looked and he had his, you know, he had the horns up and his fingers, right? But, and I was actually like, I felt a little intimidated to put my hand up. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is the last chapter of me going straight to hell. And of course I embraced it and both hands went up. But, um, <laughs> and Jim Tim is decided to like that makes $2.50. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think he, I think. Dio would have scared Gene Simmons at this <laughs> at this particular concert. He came out, he was so on fire, and Black Sabbath was so loud and heavy, and I was just like, oh my God, it was such a great concert. And then after after that, I was just it was one of those shows that like you know when you go to a concert and it just sticks with you for yeah. like three days. Like yeah. you, you it's all you can think about. And uh and then Journey came on after that, and he's like Pastel colors and like orange and, green and the piano, and, yeah, the piano. <laughs> wheel in the sky keeps on. And I mean, and I was just like, I couldn't even hear him. I was like, I was like, what? You know, like, and but and but Neil Sean as a lead guitar player is absolutely one of my favorites. Is incredible guitarist. Yeah. But but I mean, man. Just you couldn't even really like like Black Sabbath just crushed Journey into the ground, you know. <laughs> what do you think is better? I mean, it's a, the eternal question: Is Black Sabbath Aussie or Black Sabbath deal? What's oh. a better formation? Wow. As for as for me, you you have the best of both worlds. Obviously, uh, you yeah. can't, there's no no right or wrong. I guess I, I, I that's I have to take that stance because the classic stuff with Aussie is so good. Yeah, the yeah. first four records does. They're unbeatable. Yeah, you just yeah. can't. You can't. Yeah, it's so good. And and the stuff with Dio 
was so good in kind of a different way. Yeah. They, they were, it was incredible that a band like that could have two power, like such powerful entities yeah. that, uh, took them in different shapes. Like they became, um, I don't know, Tony, it, it comes down to Tony Iommi. Yeah. Man. I yeah. mean, that's when you have Tony Iommi cranking out those kind of riffs and songs, yeah. uh, you just can't go wrong. But Ozzy and Dio, I mean, I, God, I, I hate to pick one over the other. <laughs> I really hate to, but but I I I love Dio's voice. Like it just you know. But you know, you know what's amazing? I can't pick. I don't know if you would. <laughs> yeah, no, you 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 just can't. I just can't. Right, pick no, no, it. No, you can't. Yeah, it's, uh, if somebody goes like, "Well, Ozzy was way better than Dio," it's just wrong to say that. You know, because because it, it makes no sense. Let's so. let's let's do the modern one. Um, what, who do, who do you like better, the arch enemy singer now or the blonde girl from before? I forget what her name was, Angela. Uh, Angela Grosso, I yeah. think. Uh, well, the new chick, this uh, Alyssa White Gluse or whatever her name is. Uh huh. Well, she's a hot babe. I mean, she is. And she hot. can do her thing. I like that. Um, is is there I'm one of those you like me. better? Nah, is the same know. kind of thing. Yeah, same kind of thing. Mm. Okay. Mm. But let me go back to Dio once again. I don't know if you were there and, or if you've ever seen this. But when he played uh, a Banger Head one time, I was upstage and I was sitting right next to the stage and I saw them, you know, uh, uh, in the, uh, what's it called? The, the, the photo pit? No, the time when you, when you, when you make the stage, get the stage ready for the next act. Oh, the changeover? The changeover. Yeah. My God, dear Lord, I'm, I'm getting stupid. <laughs> the changeover. So I watched the changeover for Dio. And he had this one old guy coming out and just doing all, all the loudspeakers. He's testing them. And it was, only, it was only the sound guy for Ronnie James Dio. He goes like, uh, notch up, notch down, next one left, uh, notch up, notch up. Down, 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 not jump. Just, it was like, he was testing like the five monitor speakers just for Ronnie James Dio to be able to hear him the best he can. And he was, that was the only, the only purpose this guy had, the only job this guy had. He was, was to make, adjust those speakers. No, he, there's actually, actually what, uh, some of those, it looks like monitors, yeah. but a couple of those are TV screens. Dio used to like watch porn while he played the show. <laughs> And then uh, it's like a fast forward. Yeah. So he was just like you know setting up the point. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tom. But have, have you have you seen this? I have, I have, and you know I it's was highly when when we played uh, when we played the Bang Your Head Festival opening for Heaven and Hell. Um, All right, uh, yeah, yeah, I was there too. I was there too. Some of uh, you know, I I was so appreciative of 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 Black Sabbath and Heaven and Hell that they had left part of the castle. Yeah, set up right because now right, I, now right. I have pictures of me on stage with the Black Sabbath castle behind me. It's just like one of my greatest moments ever. You know what I mean? And I just remember like I was so thankful they didn't cover that up. You know, like oh yeah, this is you know this is our show in Europe. You know, don't don't mind the little Black Sabbath, you know, the castle, with the crosses, and all. But, uh, yeah. but you know, Deal was a he was a really inspirational guy, man. Like, um, I'll, I'll tell you a funny a funny little Deal story yeah. that I had. Um, we were at the Concrete Convention in in Los Angeles, and, the, the, and that was the Concrete was a marketing firm All right. in Los Angeles that used to put on these sort of like industry shows, All right. something yeah. like the Nam Show, but for yeah. for music and labels and things like that, new bands and All whatnot. Right. And um, I, I I saw Dio, you know, 
in, in sort of a real casual moment, not really people around him or anything. And, yeah. and it was with one other guy. And I thought, Oh my God, you know, like completely turned into a fan 100% and, and went up and talked to him. And, uh, you know, and I was like, Oh, Hey Ronnie, I just want to say hello and tell you how much you mean to me. Yeah. And like, you know, um, I'm Jeff Thorpe from vicious rumors and, you know, and, and he's like, Oh, I understand that I've I've influenced you and your band, and like I almost passed out. You know, like I was like, you know who I am. I'm like, you know, he's like, he's like, well, and 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 I was just like, oh man, I was just like, yes, you know. And he and he and he looked me dead in the eye, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, "Take what I've done, and make it better." <laughs> and I, I, I just I almost started crying. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much like tears are like just about running down my face, and like, and and I'm like I'm gonna hug you, you little evil man, and like I'm like, and so like I'm 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 hug, and he and he lets me go with a big smile, like just I I like he just empowered me, right? I felt so great. So I see my drummer like two minutes later, right? Hmm. And I'm like Larry, I run up to him, I'm like, Larry, oh man, you're not gonna believe this, man. And I'm just about to tell him the story. He's all, he's all, oh no, he's all, I know, man, isn't this great? He goes, I just met Dio a half hour ago and told him all about vicious rumors. <laughs> I'm, I'm like Larry, I don't want to talk to you for the rest of the day. <laughs> but but, but it's, it's funny, it's funny how. Still, although, you know, we met so many people yeah. all along those years. I'm still kind of starstruck. Once in a while, I am. I am. Like, the, obviously, the first time you meet somebody, yeah. you are. I think the, fir- the first time I met Max Cavalera from Sepultura, it was one of those moments where you go like, oh, my God, I'm not worthy. You know, <laughs> his, his music in Sepultura, everything he does, it meant so much to me. Sure. I even got a Sepultura tattoo back then in the, in the 90s. It was, there wasn't anything cooler than being a Sepultura fan, you know. Right on. And it came on with... You know, refuse to resist, and then everything mm-hmm. after that. You know, it's uh, funny for, for me. Yeah. I I I have some moments like that too, man. Because yeah. I'm a big fan. I still am. Yeah, yeah, I am. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, when I met, uh, and this is kind of a really odd one too, but uh, Akira Takasaki from Loudness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I first met, because uh, I and to this day he is an amazing guitar player. Yeah. Like he's just incredible. And uh, the first time I met him, I was just like, whoa. And he was kind of he was a little bit. I think he was a little bit intoxicated or something. You know what I mean? And I was just like, that Whoa. might be the case. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little, little sake on the side or something. But, um, but man, when I, when I first met him too, I was like, Oh, Kira, you know what I mean? I was just like, Oh man, so incredible. Like to meet him and stuff. And Tony Iommi too, like, uh, man, he just, you know, like, there's certain guys in the industry that just mean something to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And when yeah. you meet them, it's like, you know, it kind of puts this human touch to it. But at the same time, they're kind of like immortalized. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, 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 exactly. It, exactly. It's, it's a strange feeling. It's an uncontrollable feeling when you're a fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think the first time I met Kiss, oh. I was like, dude, Kiss were my childhood heroes. I'm still, Kiss is my number one band still. You right can't on. say everything against them and it's totally right <laughs> but still you know you, you're a fan you're a fan you know? that's There's, it yeah. the, the passion is there and uh, okay. I mean I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about Kiss right now because since Paul Stanley's really losing his voice uh, it, it's kind of hard to go to those shows and make it all the way through actually that's really sad to say but still you know you, you're just a Kiss fan and I went to I went to 
I had an interview mm-hmm. with the last tour with Tommy Thayer. Oh, nice. I, talk, I talked to him on the phone. He was on the way through the California desert, so the, 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 the talk broke down like three times, you know, right, you know, wherever he was. And I said, like, you know, we're going to do this again when you're here face-to-face. So uh, this, this interview was at the Olympic uh, venue here in Munich uh, before, right before the show was scheduled, and then uh, it was po- postponed and something didn't happen. So I, w- I was there, I was waiting, and nothing happened. So it, it didn't really work out. Amazingly enough, they would let me into the meet and greet stuff. So they had an acoustic set for all those people who bought the meet and greet. Okay. Unmasked, but right, like just playing. Like you were standing, like we were sitting here, like one one yard away from each other. You were standing right next to Paul Stanley while he was playing, you know, and he could do selfies and whatever, you know, he was shandy, he was playing like whatever. And uh, it's, it's funny. Gene Simmons was there and uh, Paul Stanley, you know, Gene Simmons can talk a little German. Because oh, he's cool. hung- Hungarian de- descent, and uh, he always asks around if you know somebody, you know, uh, Jewish, Hungarian descent, whatever. Uh, and so he talks a little German, and Paul Stanley always tried to outsmart him oh. with no German at all. Okay, he's <laughs> totally stupid. He's totally stupid. But then what? What Gene does is, and 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 it's it's a myth, but it's true. He can hit you with those guitar picks like a motherfucker. Oh yeah, but the- so, totally. I was standing there. I was like. Five meters away. How many feet is that? Like fifteen feet away from him. Yeah, I was. His son Nick was standing right behind me, and and Gene had a full target on me. You know, <laughs> so one one the one thing he hit me on the chest with one, and he hit me on the forehead with one, and it just fifteen stuck. feet away. <laughs> Amazingly enough, it didn't stuck. Because I, I thought like if he's gonna do it the third time, it's it's gonna stuck. You know, in my left eye or wherever. I don't know. But he just, on purpose, he hit me like this. That's cool. It's <laughs> like, dude, somehow he's really cool, though. <laughs> Super cool. I don't know. No, How did we get there? I don't know. Do, do you remember when KISS uh, started doing their, their KISS conventions? They, they never had a convention over here. But oh, they I, never we, did we've, it here? We've, we've read about them. Okay. Yeah, they had it everywhere. I think I, in Australia, America, everywhere. But, I yeah. went to the, um, I, to the first one. You did? The first year they did it. Shut up. I got invited. A friend of mine took no me. No way. And we went. Yeah. And, the, and it was- uh, When was it? 1990-something? God. Um, they were unmasked though, right? Yes. They yeah. were unmasked. Yeah. Um, and- um, it was really cool. It was in a, it was kind of in a small place, and there wasn't that many. There's maybe like 200 people. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. real big yet. Yeah. And it was the first year they did it. It was cool. You got there, and there's like you know the the you know they had the outfits and you know all this stuff like yeah. you know, from and and history lyrics and little things. A couple yeah. Kiss cover bands, and then um, they Kiss did like a little acoustic show. Yeah, and then they did like a. The last thing was a question and answer, and then everybody got to walk by a panel, and you got to meet them and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a real fan kind of thing. And uh, during the question and answer thing, uh, people were asking questions, and God, I was just sitting there like just trying to think of like God, <laughs> God, I, I, you know, I can't believe I'm finally here right in front of him. I can't think of a thing to ask him. You know what I mean? I just really wanted to ask him something important. You know, and. Uh, and so people are asking him questions, and all of a sudden, this one guy saw uh, Gene. Uh, this question's for Gene Simmons, and they got and uh, he's all so Gene. Uh, tell me, who was better, 
Cher or Diana Ross, <laughs> right? And, and, and just like you did, the whole place starts laughing, right? The whole place starts laughing. And, and the funny thing was, is that right when that happened, you could see like Paul Stanley and Eric Singer. And I think it was Bruce Kulik yeah, at that Bruce time. Kulik, yeah. they, they all like kind of leaned off their chairs and they, everybody kind of like, whoa, that's a good question. Like every, everybody, everybody like leaned over and looked at him and stuff. And then Gene just totally like had this big smile on his face and he had kind of, kind of put his hand on his chin, you know, and he's kind of tapping his face and like, you could tell him, see him thinking about it, you know? And then, and then there's like this moment of silence and then the, the room got really quiet <laughs> And like you're, you feel like you're just about to get the answer, yeah. right? And he kind of, kind of just left the suspense hanging, and it was just like, and then he just goes, "Let me just say that I love women." <laughs> so it was, it was slightly disappointing, but it was still it was a it was a pretty funny moment. Oh man, why did why how did we get to talk about Kiss? What was the what was the beginning of this question? Oh God. man, totally who knows? Forget. It's just you know, to you know, if you're gonna talk about metal you you talk about where it came from you know ah oh, that's true where is it going i don't know where, <laughs> you, where, where is metal going baby metal <laughs> oh man is that where it's going i like baby metal okay i'm sorry uh well, there's so many uh, i can totally understand if you hate the guts of those little japanese girls doing whatever they do and up the, the the band behind this girls It's really good. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's impossible for me to hate Japanese girls. Okay. <laughs> But um, impossible. But uh, uh, no, I totally agree with you. The ba the music and the band uh, for for Baby Metal is phenomenal. I yeah. mean, those guitar players are just sick. I and, don't know who's behind those masks, but and, uh, and they're right. The writing. I mean, just the song, the the riffs and everything. They're really good, and and uh, and live and everything. It's hard for me to get used to the three little girls, and you know, like doing what they do, doing yeah, that like know. like kind of boy band dance thing with the heavy metal. What like, I, what I kind of hate about it is the hype. Yeah, because if if Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters likes something, I automatically start like, oh man, it's not going to be good if he likes it. Does he like them? Ah, he mm -hmm. totally. He, they they. I think they opened up for the Foo Fighters somewhere because yeah. uh, he likes them so much. They Chili were peppers too. They were just opening for Corn in the U.S. All right, and um, I know uh, Rob Halford was praising them a lot. Right, too. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, I don't have anything against him. Um, but you know. And I don't have anything against women in metal either. No, but, hell um, no. You know, oh my God, no. Because the more the merrier, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I don't, It, you know, um, metal is, uh, you know, we, it's, it's gotten so, it's, it's gotten so dark. It's gotten so heavy, you know, with bands like, you know, Watain and Behemoth and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, fantastic though. I mean, like, um, I, I actually caught Behemoth set at uh, the Out and Loud Festival, I believe. We were together. We, we were together at that. Yeah. That's right. And hand in hand. And um, <laughs> tongue to tongue, twisted. Now you, now you promised you weren't going to tell. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hold back. Uh, <laughs> but if you remember, like, um, they also had a very, uh, you know, kind of, uh, they were able to create this sort of uh, mayhem i i thought that was a very powerful show for it Behemoth. was it was that's that's definitely true at that the show. one that one thing i'm i'm wondering about is of all those bands mm -hmm. just generally too you know sometimes there's music that's whatever it, 
even if it's black metal, there's music that's got soul, and then there's music that's got no soul. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean. And sometimes I've, I find it hard to decide whether this is, you know, real and with soul, and if it's not. I think with Vatain, uh-huh. I think it's got something. It's yeah. got something, and like the same with Celtic Frost back then. Celtic Frost, Celtic Frost, I sure. call it. But in the middle, there are a thousand bands that don't mean shit to me. And they do the same stuff. That's true. Uh, you know, I, I tell you, it's funny. We we did a couple of outdoor festivals with Watane. Yeah, and um, you know they they like to use um, body parts. Yeah, from you know butchered animals and things. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I th- I believe the singer even had an actual dead bird on his belt. It smelled um, funky, huh? Uh, no, it smelled really awful. <laughs> Funky would have been welcomed. Funky would have been welcomed. This was wretched. And, and, and I was just thinking like, man, we're doing these shows with these guys and, and like outdoors. Like, could you imagine like sharing a bus with these guys or something like that? It'd be so awful. But, but I'll tell you, they, those guys though, they really, uh, they're another one that, like, to me, I really felt it from them. You know what yeah. I mean? I've, it felt real, like their yeah. horror. Yeah. And and they, they had an intro that year. I, I, I meant to ask them, like, what was that intro? Like, it was this really super, like, scary, like, this music. I don't know what it was, but it was, uh, it was so powerful. But only here on the Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Yes. You talk about Wu-Tang, Behemoth. Arch Enemy, Kiss, and Queen, Pat Travers. And Pat Travers. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world of funky heaven metal. Yeah, no. You know, we should do this. We should wrap this up, this whole uh, thingy, because I'm going to go take a shower. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> my dead bird is actually reeking a little bit yeah. from, uh, from behind. And uh, uh, folks, uh, I hope, we hope to have you back here soon with the, the next edition. It's going to come up Always sooner a pleasure. or later. And uh, uh, this... Uh, a station. I'm so I'm so I'm so used to be saying, "Yeah, we're gonna come back, tune in, tune back into this station," which is stupid because there's a station. It's a podcast. <laughs> I don't even know where you get it from, kids. Just you know, get down. It's for free. Yeah. Just, you don't have to buy anything. Just get it. Keep the metal flowing, everybody. Keep the metal flowing and don't get fooled by anybody. That's cool. Well, uh, Jeff Thorpe of Vicious Rumors and uh, Thomas Melamoser, we say bye bye. Bye now. Till the next time. Keep it heavy. Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Subscribe to our channel for more heavy rock and metal podcasts. 